Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, it's the Junkyard Dog, Jerome Williams, and you're listening to the Jake Brown Show. You know Dog Town. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, however you want to call it, and on Spotify as well. In the building with us today, first time in New York City, is Ashley Neville, so make sure you Neville up one time, or you can get on my Neville, or get on your Neville, or get on your nipple in some cases, which we'll talk to we'll talk about later. Um, Ashley will come on in a bit. How you doing? How, how's your trip here? You it's like it? It's been great. I am blessed and enjoying myself and, you know, just neveling up as usual. Neveling up. Yeah. Always got to neville up. Um, if you ain't neveling up, you ain't living right. No. I mean, that's that's the way of life. You ain't know you will know soon. <laughs> she also is a part-time rapper in her free time. Um, <laughs> what would your rap name be? My rap name? Um, I've always been a really big fan of Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. So I have to say Weezy F. Neville. You can't steal a guy's rap name. Well, you need to give me an idea because I haven't really... Lil Neville? Lil Neville can work. Lil Bitty Neville. <laughs> little bitty, little itty bitty titty committee. <laughs> oh, man. You can call me Lil Ash. All right. Lil Ash it is. Lil Ash, Lil Ash will talk some big three. We'll talk some hoops. We'll talk some nipples later on in the program. Um, Jerome the Junkyard Dog Williams is back on the show. Um, a last-minute uh, booking with JYD, but he'll talk big three and his double-double performance. Ten points, ten boards for JYD in the win for the Power, who, in my opinion, are the best team. Uh, if Katino Mobley could shoot better than five for 20 from the field, they'll have a good shot with Deshaun Stevenson looking young. Corey Maggette still built. Um, Jerome Williams, of course, the presence inside. And Mucci Norris is a nice little five, a point guard. Um, so they have a good shot. Let's start talking with the big three here. Just First off, a couple of things we talked about with J- JYD. They cannot have it over 24 hours after the game because it's already everywhere on the internet. I mean, I know everything about it and don't have a true reason to watch it because I've seen highlights and I've seen the statistics where if I want to watch the NBA awards tonight hosted by Drake, I can do that. If I want to watch whatever else is on tonight, I could do that. If they played it last night, you could argue that I was watching the BET Awards, which I was not, but you can argue that people were watching that. So, understood by the angle that you have to shorten it, there's going to be some editing going on, and you have to get it in an amount of time on television where someone's going to sit around for three hours and not five to six to watch it. But I think the editing needs to be a little quicker, and maybe they should have had it last night. And where everything wasn't out for a whole day already. So I, I think the best angle to go about it is trying to get it Sunday night. I had no idea, actually, that it was 1 o'clock. I was trying to go, but I didn't realize that it was so early. The time I was up and about, uh, it was already starting. I'm like, I'm not going to Brooklyn now, let alone I, I could have went and only missed like half of the first game even and still got to see Fabulous and three other games. But there's going to be need, need some kinks and ironing to go out and try to make this thing work perfectly. But as I've said before, I like the concept. I like the fact that it's three-on-three three with some good guys, and if it keeps going, it's going to get better, guys. You're going to have Paul Pierce there next year. You're going to have recently retired bigger names trying to play in this because, one, they want to show up their old former teammates. They want to show these guys, you know what, I could still play at this age. Two, they want to collect a $100,000 check to play three-on-three hoops. You'll play three-on-three hoops with grandpa and dad in the backyard and not get paid a nickel, and these guys are filling up an arena 15000 full in a sold-out Barclays Center making hundred k for the summer. Summer 17 
is a lituation, which I have to say because Fab performed that yesterday. And for a lot of these guys, some of them are going to get more than 100000 if they end up winning this thing because the champion gets an extra uh, payday. So you have to like the concept from the fans' angle of getting to see their former lovers, like Allen Iverson, who only scored two points. And I don't want to give it all away because if you haven't seen it, you'll see it tonight on FS1. But you have that angle of Allen Iverson. You have the celebrity showing up in Pierce and James Harden and Fabulous performing. There was other rappers there. Um, obviously, the fact that it's in Brooklyn, you're going to get more of the star-studded show than you would maybe in a smaller city. Next week, it'll be in Charlotte. I'm sure you'll have some big names there. Not as many showing up in Charlotte, which I might be down there. I might have to go. I might be down in Myrtle Beach or Charlotte over the weekend. Um, but there's that. There's the side that, hey, there's basketball in the summer. All we're talking about recently is will Paul George go to the Cavs? Will Will Kenneth Fareed be included in a three-team trade? Jimmy Butler, we'll talk about in a second, going to the Timberwolves, trade rumors, free agency, NBA draft, and now you sprinkle in some actual basketball, it's good, especially for fans of baseball teams that suck, like the New York Mets lately. So it gives us something else in the summer to watch and everything. The bad side of that is fun day Sunday. Are you really, If it, that's the thing, if they did play it on Sunday, are you going to be inside watching that on your TV? Monday night, you know what? That's where it makes sense. Sunday night, I think, is really the best fit. That's when everyone's home getting ready for work on Monday. It would have worked better on a Sunday night. Last night, maybe with other things on, maybe not. But that may be the issue if they did it live, where who's going to be inside on an 80-degree Sunday afternoon watching the Big Three? I know Ashley was there, and you were probably like, you know what? Why am I inside? It's so nice out right now. Although you're used to that weather in Arizona where it's 100 degrees every day. I am, and it's a little bit humid out here. So, I I mean, you know me. I love basketball. So, I'd rather be inside watching a game than mm-hmm. outside in, mm-hmm. in the heat, the humidity. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, a true basketball fan won't have a problem with it. But I, I get your point. I get your point with the delay and everything else, too. I mean... And you were there. It went on forever. It, it was did. Like, you it didn't was, get out of there until 7 o'clock, It right? was long. I mean, no one really stayed the whole time. I mean, by the time the, the last game was on, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was empty, but there was a lot a lot of empty seats. You had lunch and dinner in the arena. I, I did. I mean, I had a cliff bar. You, you know how I do with that. Cliff? A cliff bar. It's like a healthy bar. Oh you know how goodness. I do. I know. She's Don't a health know. nut. <laughs> I am. Find her in the gym every day of the week. I haven't actually worked out in like a week and a half. Oh, my not. goodness. I haven't had any time. I worked out more recently then Ashley Neville, yes. get on my Neville. <laughs> Neville up, girl. I know, man. I know. Oh, it's been man. stressful. No time. No time. But I did get one workout in with Rashad, though. One. Oh. So I lied. I got one workout in. And that, that was actually really hard for me. What I could were, barely keep up. You and Rashad, what was going on this weekend? Um, well, we're doing you know, a documentary. I can't really say all the details, but it's mm-hmm. a documentary on his life. There's different pieces. It's like a docu-series kind of thing. And we just, um, you know, I'm kind of a character in it. So asking him certain questions, it's very you know, laid back, chill, and just kind of going with the flow of it and mm-hmm. going with the flow of you know, his time playing in the NBA overseas, a lot of the drama that he's talked about on previous shows. And, um, you know, talking about what he, where he's at now and playing in the big three. And Rashad is interesting because Very you'll have people. Now, there's a chance he'll still be on at some point of the show. But you'll have people who say he was a snitch and that what he did to UNC and told. Um, and we could say this now that it's it's TMZ related uh, <laughs> now that he's not on. Um, you could say that a lot of people at UNC don't like what he did. Here's my side of it, is that I'm glad he told the truth. So am I. No one speaks up and tells us the truth that these guys are not getting a real education, a lot of senses, where their tutors were handing in papers for them. And we want to talk about, oh, I got my degree. And it's like, no, you didn't. You didn't do jack shit. You didn't. Like, you didn't do anything to get that degree. So, you know, yes, he snitched. But do I really think that much less of him because of it? No. I don't get that. I mean, this is the thing is he's always been known as a guy who's outspoken, who's going to speak his mind, who's going to tell the truth. And I respect him for that mm-hmm. because there are a lot of things that go on, especially in the NCAA. These guys should be getting paid at the end of the day. I mean, think about this. They're not an average student. They're a student athlete. So they're, go- yeah, they have the incentives of 
um, being able to go to school for free and get a quote-unquote education. But like you said, they're taking bullshit classes that Mm -hmm. don't mean anything. They're not going to translate into real-life things that you need down the road. Mm -hmm. How to balance checkbooks, how to be able to manage your money, especially when you're going to get into a... Balance checkbooks. Yeah, I don't even know how to do any of that. Do we use checkbooks? We still do. We still do. I mean, I still write checks, but I mean, I'm just saying... What are you writing checks for? I don't know. We're not going to go there. But anyways, um, (laughs) that's for another story another day. (laughs) Underground But but what I'm I'm saying, my point is that, you know, you're... Yeah, I understand that, you know, basketball is a big part of a lot of these programs. They wouldn't Mm -hmm. have nearly the money that they have without these programs there. Mm -hmm. Um, But when when these guys are going to school and they're and they're told it's for an education, too, it's really not. Mm -hmm. You know, they're there to play basketball. And then what happens after you go to the NBA? You're a young guy and you've never had to really take the responsibility of doing anything on your own because you're so used to everyone doing it for you. And that career could go quick. I mean, look, McCants. His NBA career didn't last very long. It went from 2005 to 2009. Had success overseas, but you know guys go overseas, they're not the happiest campers. You're not you're not home. The food's not as good. You're around people you don't know. Nothing's people who didn't speak a different language. Um, and I'm sure he made decent money because when you play in the NBA, you go over there, um, you make good money. But you know a lot of these guys aren't happy over there. And I'm sure he was there from 2009, 2010, to recently 2015 and he's thinking I'm better than some of these bench warmers in the NBA and it all depends on your opportunity and some people aren't placing the great opportunity I'm friends with Charles Jenkins and I think he should be in the NBA right now he's literally running Serbia dominating but he's put in a spot where he's playing behind like Steph Curry and Jared Jack and then goes to a bad spot in Philly and then he's overseas and there's guys overseas that are better than some of these guys in the NBA mm-hmm. um you know, a lot of it has to be has to do with the situation you're put into. Yeah. So if you're put into a bad situation where you're on a team that they're not running the type of system that you flow with, like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to last. But at the same time, too, there's a there's an agenda in the NBA, like there is with any any team with any organization. There's always an agenda. There's always mm-hmm. politics behind everything. So these guys can still play, but there might be a, something else that's going on behind the scenes that people don't really know about, mm-hmm. which is why they're not playing. Yeah, and some guys are put in tough spots, and they can't. Was out of the league, and then you had the whole Chloe Kardashian thing. How he said he got like broke from Chloe. Did you talk to them him about that at all over the weekend? Chloe? I mean, a is little that, bit. Is that some off the uh, radar, <laughs> off the air stuff? Uh, probably. Um, did he I don't say, really like say, to go Damn, there. that ass is big. Is oh God, no, he did not. <laughs> um, he, you know, he's handled it very respectfully, mm-hmm. I think, and um, you know, he's entitled to speak his mind and talk about it mm-hmm. in, in the way that he wants. I mean, there's obviously more than two sides to one story, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, I'd rather have him explain more of the details because that's something a little more personal. Of course, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, what what I know about him is that he, he he's a good dude, and yeah. I feel like people try to put him in a light that's that's negative. Well, because the UNC thing, he was more known for his time at UNC than NBA, the NBA. True, they won a title. At UNC, he returned that program to prominence after the Jordan era and after the, before he got there. I think they were like eight and twenty or something. They were a terrible team, and then his sophomore junior year, they win the title, and then he goes to the league, and that doesn't have as much success and a couple injuries. Um, so once that UNC thing came out, he lost a lot of respect from his true fans. There, you don't have true people fans. in Minnesota who are like, "Oh, I loved Rashad McCann's because." That was Kevin Garnett's team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he he seems like a good guy. Though. I mean, he is. I mean, but like, look how he was playing. He looked yeah. like one of the best guys out there. I mean, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end he as well. He one pick. He looked great. I mean, he got into Steven Jackson's head so early. I mean, Steven Jackson, you, you could just tell that he's the kind of player that like likes the attention mm-hmm. on him. I mean, as we saw him in the NBA, he's a tough guy, always talking shit. He likes to make his presence known, mm-hmm. but this time Rashad came out early. He set the tone. He set the energy of that game, and like I said, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but defensive. He was everywhere. So I mean, can Rashad still play in the NBA? Yes, hands down, yes. And I think he would. He'd be dominating if mm-hmm. he was able to play, if he had the opportunity to. This is the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio. Played out at iTunes, Spotify with Ashley Neville. In the building, um, we're on Facebook Live. And speaking of apps, make sure you check out the Crew Sports app. Uh, it's an innovative new app that rewards sports fans for sports news. And you could get, win free tickets to sporting events. Um, it's available free in the App Store and Google Play. And new users will receive 2,500 credits upon downloading. But Crew has a special offer just for the listeners of this show. After downloading the app, enter the code Jake, J-A-K-E, 
in the free credits section and receive a thousand extra credits, thirty five hundred credits for downloading the app. And you can visit their website, the crew, K R O O dot com, or search for Crew Sports in your app store. Um, that's Crew Sports, K R O O. Crew Sports, news, trivia, and free tickets. Like, who doesn't like free tickets? I love free tickets. Like, that's maybe my favorite thing. Yeah. It's free, free. Well, I mean, I offered you those things. yesterday. Yeah, and, you um, told me at 12.45 and started one, and I really wish I just went because it went all freaking big. I don't know did. if I could sit that long in there. I was there for the draft the other day, and they were 20 picks in, and it was almost 10 o'clock. I'm like, five minutes between picks is just so ludicrous it is. and unnecessary. I understand you're working out maybe trades in between and you're figuring out your first options taken. Where let's find our second guy. You should already know that by now, though. Yeah, you should already know. Like, all right, if this doesn't happen, like I have a backup plan. Yeah, you need a plan B. Yeah, uh, in in multiple senses, in life and in uh, (laughs) in in the draft. Yes, you do. But for sure, (laughs) you got jokes. (laughs) You got jokes for days. But yeah, the, the draft thing that bothered me. Speaking of draft, let's talk about. I want to give my analysis on this Jimmy Butler trade. Oh, man. Yeah. The Chicago Bulls were fleeced. And you had Jimmy Butler's trainer come out and, and talk all this trash about that organization and GM. And for good measure, it seems, the Timberwolves acquired Jimmy Butler and the 16th pick, Justin Patton. And they give up 7th pick, Lori Markkinen, Zach Levine, coming off a torn ACL, and Chris Dunn who did not have a great rookie season and has some potential. But what a steal this is for the Minnesota Timberwolves. You add Jimmy Butler now to the likes of what they already have in Carl Towns and Ricky Rubio and Andrew Wiggins. And I know Pat behind the boards is a big Timberwolves guy, thinks they're going to be great this year. Maybe with Jimmy Butler they have a shot at that 8 seed because remember they fell short last year, but... Adding him to the mix, and you get Justin Patton. I mean, this deal makes no sense for the Bulls, and the Bulls are in a position where Dwayne Wade is going to get traded midseason. They're going to get rid of him because they want to get pieces in return Mm -hmm. because this might not be his last season, but it'll be his last season with the Bulls. It makes zero sense for him to go elsewhere because he's getting $24 million to stay in Chicago, but it makes no sense for them to keep him. The Bulls are trying to rebuild, but trading away Butler is fine with me. But getting what they did in return in a guy with a torn ACL, a guy who had a subpart of bad rookie year, and you get marketing, but then you give away your pick. So maybe if you get marketing and you keep your pick, that's fine, but you give away your pick too, so that's swapping picks. So essentially the deal was Levine had done for Butler. And in my mind, the Timberwolves win that by a long shot. Oh, for sure. I mean, do the Bulls ever make sense? Do, no. do what they do ever make fan, sense? So I'm a Bulls fan. Here's a Bulls fan, fan Alan. Born and Go raised, off on them. Go born on. and raised in Chicago. I mean, you know me as a sports reporter, though. I do try to be neutral and stay unbiased as much as possible. But the Bulls, the organization, Paxson, Foreman, they don't know what they're doing, Foreman, to be honest. George. Yeah, yeah, but they, they don't know what they're doing at mm-hmm. all. Um, I mean, and just what they need, another guy with a torn ACL. I mean, all these injuries. I mean, I, I don't understand this at all, but like you said, the Timberwolves, they, they won this deal. Mm-hmm. So you got Jimmy Butler, who's going to be going back with his old coach, Tom Thibodeau. They, they really they got along. And then you got, like you said, two number one picks on the same team who have so much potential. But this, this is another thing, is like who's going to be the leader of that team? Mm-hmm. Are they going to clash? Are they going to be able to work together? Because Jimmy Butler... Is he a leader? Is he going to be leading that team? I mean, you saw the pressure that the Bulls put on him last season, season before, you know, when he had to kind of take the take the throne from Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. He, he couldn't handle the pressure. So is he really a leader? Is he going to be leading this well, he, team? He said he didn't care. He no, he doesn't care, but he the should. leader of a Chicago Bulls team, that wasn't very good. I no. mean, he didn't care. And I don't think Jimmy Butler's a true leader. He's I mean, not. he's kind of, I wouldn't say he's a selfish player, per se. But he's not when when you watch him play and you watch his style play, you don't think leader, and you see his attitude, you don't think leader. And I also think that was just a toxic situation he was in. I don't, I don't think any. I mean, the trainer went off in a tweet. I forgot what it said, but it, I mean, he ripped. Um, I need uh, Butler. I'm going to find out what he said because that tweet said a lot about, about the, organization. the organization. And you would think it's accurate because he's he's in there with Butler all the time. Yep. Um, and Butler has sounded off on them, so things were not good. Uh, Jimmy Butler says he had nothing to do with the tweet from his trainer. Uh, but that trade was really the talk of the night. And the other trades didn't go down. We didn't see Paul George get traded. We didn't see Kevin Love get traded. We didn't see uh, 
we we didn't see the deal. I mean, that was the one true talking point besides the fact that the draft took forever. Yep. Um, we're gonna see those trades soon, I believe. I mean, yeah. I think Paul George definitely gonna get traded before the summer's over. I mean, because they know that he's gonna be leaving next year. He, so why not no trade not him point. now to get something for him? Yeah. Especially, I mean, just. I, I like feel bad for all these guys because Paul George and the Pacers had such a great team a couple years ago. I mean, they made it; they just couldn't get out of the Eastern Conference. They couldn't make it to the finals, especially with LeBron James. But it was it was sad because they, they had all the pieces they needed. And now they're going to try to team up maybe with Cleveland, and yeah. that's I mean, it's frustrating really when you think about it. Can't he, beat them, join them. It, it's sad. And here's the tweet from Travell Gaines: Oh, and eighty-two, worst culture in the league. I met drug dealers with better morals than their GM. He is a liar, and everyone knows. That is incredible. That is the line of the day. I met drug dealers <laughs> with better morals than their GM. Hey, don't hate on drug dealers. Um, they know what they're doing out there. But, I mean, apparently the Bulls organization does not. Um, <laughs> but, anyway, the, the trades here. That's a joke. Yeah. Uh, that's a joke. I mean, I, I don't think drug dealers have morals, to be honest with you. So it might have been uh, kind of a long shot there. Kind you of understand a bad what he's saying. I do get what he's saying. I, I mean, like it. I love it. I love it. It just it doesn't it doesn't really make sense if we're thinking about it um technically here, but And the Timberwolves enter the conversation of maybe an eight seed now and it Pat thinks they're gonna be a championship team in two a years. Championship it's gonna, it's team. It's gonna take a while. Yep. Um but I love Carl Towns, love the kid. Wiggins has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rubio has always been a trade prospect and a guy who just can't stay healthy. No. So he's not a true superstar point guard, and a lot of people thought he may become one and still hasn't. Nope. He can't he can't knock down that jump shot. Yeah, he can't shoot and he can't stay on the court. No. Um but I do think Paul George, it doesn't make sense really to wait to trade until the season. I think the problem is now everyone knows he's on the block and they may not get as much as they want, but you have to get something for him and it has to be one or two first round picks and it's got to be a player that can contribute because even without Paul George in my mind, the Pacers are still a solid team where if they get a good thing in return, they can still make the playoffs. I don't think they should just tank away the season. Now their goal is to obviously go for some of those big free agent names next year. But I don't like the fact of, hey, let's trade away everyone after we were just a playoff team mm-hmm. um, and just give up. Uh, we know Cleveland's going to end up winning the East. And unless Boston comes in here and gets Hayward and gets a Paul George, they didn't get Jimmy Butler. They struck out on that. and that was They the, weren't really trying to get him. Well, that was the rumors that Woj was tweeting the Celtics and Pacers are in talks right now for a trade. Didn't end up happening. Um, well, so the Butler trade, they for sure weren't even trying to deal with. I'm surprised the Butler trade happened before George, because George seemed like it was a lock, and it's still time. I mean, it's June 26, and this is going to be the topic of conversation for weeks. And again, why it's good we have the big three to give us some other basketball to talk about. Yes, but it's but the Bulls be trade, are moving trade, 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 trade. in a different you know direction, and I mean, at least they're kind of going in a direction because no mm-hmm. one really knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what are you guys going to do with a guy like Dwayne Wade, who's probably not going to be here within the next couple of years, anyways? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, who's Happy made it. Yeah, exactly. Wade won't make it. Yeah, no, but it's like. He'll, he'll join forces in Cleveland. They yeah. may have George and Wade and LeBron I, and Kyrie. And, and Mello. I mean, I heard there was supposed to be a Mello Paul George trade to the to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I mean, give up. Like, Could you imagine that, though? It's like, just can not you even imagine? fair. It's a team that just made the finals and they're doing what the Warriors did. And Why somehow not? it but it, it shouldn't happen. But you it's just win. not fair to the rest of the league. It's not. How you can compile these monster salaries and have the other team that they played on basically paying their salaries while Cleveland gets them for the minimum wage like a McDonald's employee. <laughs> I mean, they're flipping burgers and serving fries for the Cavs while the Knicks are still going to pay Mello. It's just it's not fair to the rest of the league that teams can do that. But I think eventually we may see a change. We may see Adam Silver try and change that. You can't keep changing things. I mean, but, you make the salary cap. You make all these rules to try to make parody? all these. But you try where? to make all the rules in terms of money and monetary stuff fair to help those smaller organizations and teams. And now you're going to try to control where the players go. I mean, it's super team after super team after super team. Because these organizations don't know how to build it from the ground up. I mean, the Warriors at least did. They did do things right. These small markets don't stand a chance. It's like let's team up and play like beat LeBron, or let's team up with LeBron. And LeBron has changed the course of the NBA. Him yes. as one person. More than any other player ever, more than Jordan, yep. has changed the game completely because it's like, let's team up to beat him or let's team up and join him. 
Yep. And then it's just everyone else. It's the Knicks, it's the Nets, it's whatever. Uh, these The Orlando Magic, the Pistons, who cares about the rest of these irrelevant teams? Not to switch gears, but this is why LeBron James is my greatest player of all time. Yeah. This is coming from a Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. I love Michael Jordan. I know I'm probably going to get ripped for this, but like LeBron James... There's been no one like him before. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I still think it's early in the go argument. It's early considering he has six years left. It's like we're we talking about with Jordan with six years left. There's so much time in his career. There is, but now that he's even in the conversation and he's been in the conversation, like to be honest, since his since his rookie year. And some people argue, uh, who was it that said? uh, I think it was Rob Parker said LeBron has ruined the game because he said. All these teams are teaming up against him, and players are teaming up, or players are teaming with him, as I keep saying. How is that ruining the game? I don't think it's ruining the game. I think the parity of the game is taking a hit where you're going into a season knowing that 90 to 95% of the teams just don't have a shot to win yeah. the NBA title. Well, then you just got to play better. And that's scary because you go into a baseball season, you don't think that because now you're entering the conversation of the Houston Astros might win the World Series yeah. where that wasn't a true thought coming in. Uh, you enter the conversation of thinking, oh, the Milwaukee Brewers are in first place, and no one thought that was a thing. Uh, you enter football, and obviously the talk is Patriots, 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 but a team like the Atlanta Falcons enters the equation, and unfortunately 28-3. Well, it's only one game you got to play in the playoffs, though. Yeah. That's a big story. I mean, it's big, a lot different if you had to play three games or mm-hmm. a game of you know five or seven. I mean, And, and hockey is just obvious because we know eight seeds, win the, eight seeds win the Stanley Cup multiple times. <laughs> yeah. So anything could happen in hockey. But basketball is the one sport where it's just like Warriors, Cavs, we know it. And well, it, we could argue that this has happened in past eras. And it has. It, I've argued this Jordan. with players. Yeah, Six championships. Yeah, you argue that. There's always the dynasty of the Magic, the 60s. You had the Celtics. You had, I mean, the Sixers in the early 80s. You had uh, the, you have had the Spurs from the mid-2000s on uh, with a sprinkle of the Detroit Pistons in there. You had the Lakers, late 90s, early 2000s, have a three-peat. So there's always these dynasty eras, but never has it been more of a dominant era than these last couple of years with Cavs, Warriors, where you're going in and they're sweep, 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 and then finals. And it's just the well, playoffs aren't even interesting. No, they're not. I mean, the off season has been more interesting to me than the playoffs. Oh, there, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it, I, I get what you're saying. Like, LeBron was the first guy to really be that big name in the league to actually leave the Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. to join a super team, beat all these guys, win a championship, um, not all the not all of his years in Miami. I know it took some time, um, but I get what you're saying. But at the same time, these guys, he's setting the bar. He's setting the tone. Like these guys needed to step up their game. I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing LeBron like the the day after you know the playoffs are over. He's back in the gym. He's working out. I mean, he's doing everything he can. That I video mean, is ridiculous. I way. love that video. Come on, he's having fun. <laughs> he went bald. He went. He, went he did. JB. But he, you he know what? He's having bald. fun. He's having fun. But we all know who, who he's chasing. He, he's chasing. He's pissed. He's cha- he's he's pissed. He's chasing, <laughs> he's chasing a ring. Draymond. He's he's chasing Michael Jordan. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the guy he looks up to. It's the guy everyone looks up to. So at the same, these guys, all these guys need to step up. If they mm-hmm. don't like, they don't like what's going on. Step your game up. Level up. <laughs> Neville up. Yeah, get on my Neville. There's only so much neveling up you can do <laughs> to take down the king and to take down KD and. Well, that's gonna be uh, tough. I it, don't know how many people the Cavs can possibly get to try to knock that down. It's a honest. bunch of bal- it's a bunch of baloney when Bob Myers says we needed Kevin Durant to win. Bob, Bobby Boy, Bobby Boucher, you beat the Cavs in 2015, 2016. You were a, a shot away essentially from winning again, and 2017 you won. So for you to say that you needed Kevin Durant is so much horse. S-H-I-T, that it just is, you don't even make that statement. That's as ignorant as LeBron saying, I've never been part of a super team. I mean, they did not need Kevin Durant in any aspect. They could have won without him. I think he pushed them over the edge for sure. But these guys making these statements to the media trying to say, I've never been part of a super team. Or then recently they said, someone said the first super team was like the Celtics in the 60s. It's like... There needs to be something in the Webster's Dictionary of the definition of a super team because no one knows what it is. It has so many different definitions where LeBron doesn't. I mean, it's just so frustrating. The media created it. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's also just it's a new era of media where it's like we need storylines right now. It's it's the the summer and it's it's the dog days of summer. It's hot and people need to get paid. We need something to write about. We need something to talk about into this microphone. And this is a conversation that happens all the time now. It's it's free content forever. This is like, what do they call it? Evergreen content mm-hmm. is LeBron versus 
Jordan, evergreen content is what is a super team? Evergreen content is has LeBron played for a super team? When did super teams start? And I talked about this in the past. It made it more of a super team when they hold a parade when you get Wade, Bosch, and LeBron together and you say not one, not two, not three, not four. I mean, that. I mean, you had a whole parade. The parade started before the season began in Miami. True. And if that's not a super team, I don't know what it is. You never had a situation where, and it's also obviously, again, the new era, the new media that this happens and being popular on social media, but you never had Magic and those guys team up and say, oh, well, not one, we're going to win the next three titles. You just, they, they're talking, they're playing, did the talking, playing, did the talking. And those also were teams that formed together because they were there at the start. It wasn't like we signed this guy, we traded for this guy. Those guys built. Together, Worthy was there, Magic was there, these guys started there, and they ended there. But I just want to know why it takes the players to have to try to build these organizations. Like, why do all these people who are in charge of of drafting these players, trading these guys, like, why are they not doing a better job at recruiting talent? Like, for example, the Knicks. I mean, we're in the perfect state to talk about it right now. Um, but Uncle but, Phil, maybe? Yeah, but I don't but, – but see, this is a guy who was a, who was a great – he was a great coach. Like, how come he doesn't know how to recruit good talent? Why does – and it's almost like they don't want to. I just don't get why it has to be like you said. Like, it's like, why are the players doing this? Because they're not getting what they need to win. And the point of playing basketball is to win a championship. Like, the, you're never going to be able to – to live up to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain or all these guys unless you're winning a championship. I mean, especially in the fans' eyes. If you didn't win a championship, you're not the best player to ever play. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to do it on your own, I guess, essentially. And I don't think a guy like Paul George can. I think he's selfish. I don't think he's never made a clutch shot in his career. Um, he he just has, and the stats show that he's an 0 for he's like 0 for 20 yeah. in the final 20 seconds when they're trailing or, go, or going for a win. Uh, he's never really done anything, so he's like at this point, I want to join the party, and he's probably his number one spot. He said next summer is L.A. because he's a Hollywood guy, but right now I'm sure he wants to go to Cleveland, get a title, mm-hmm. be like, all right, I got my ring, let me go to Hollywood, let me play with Lonzo, and maybe start something fresh as maybe LeBron's days start to near an end at some point and maybe me Lonzo and Brooke Lopez and uh, we'll add some more pieces because now the Lakers have become an attraction started by Magic Magic is going to bring guys in I mean you're not going to have a better God. I think he's going to do than that. such a good job I and mean, he's a good recruiter he's not like he Phil Jackson is. who falls asleep in workouts and I trashes guys out of town I cannot believe that I cannot I be- can believe it I, but- he's an old fart I get that, but then why even put yourself in that position, man? Like, there's so many other people who could do a better job than you, and you're sitting here wasting time, wasting he's money. Collecting twelve million a year. I mean, the Knicks paid him. Awful. He's collecting it. Awful. And he just needs to ride off into the sunset. And <laughs> I, I think the Porzingis stuff was a little blown up. I think listening to offers isn't the worst thing in the world, but the fact that you openly talk about it like he is going to get traded is just a joke. Any of that stuff should try and stay as inside as possible. He shouldn't be holding a press conference saying we're going to hear offers for him. You should be making calls under the radar. I mean, nothing in this age is under the radar. No, Everything gets out with, uh, from a source woosh. and a report. Yeah, Woj, 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 Woj or Woj? Woj. Woj. I mean, I hear a There's bunch no of different stuff. Well, there could be. I mean, sometimes you don't know. It's silent. A silent home there. <laughs> Woj Norowski. Woj, yeah. Uh, it's a Woj bomb. Woj bomb. But... I think how he's handled things in the media have portrayed him in a wrong light, and he deserves all the scrutiny he gets because he's in New York. He's getting twelve million. They're not winning. Nope. He he trashed Melo, said he's going to trade him. He trashed Porzingis, he's going to trade him. Uh, do you want to trash Hernan Gomez for sh- for shits and giggles now? <laughs> I mean, do you want to trash the twelfth man? Do you want to say I'm going to oh I'm going to trade uh, Chasson Randall, the guard who you know out of uh, Arizona? I mean, you're gonna, who else are you going to trash? The only one you should be trashing is yourself because when you do speak to the media, fire flames come out of it. Um, so he has just done an awful job, and it's tough as a Knicks fan, as it is tough as a Bulls fan. We have two inept front offices, and uh, another inept front office is that of the New York Mets. And uh, Ashley's like, yeah, I'll, I'll leave this to oh, you. Oh, God. I can't. Uh, yeah, I just can't. Baseball I just I, makes me fall asleep. Um, the New York Mets. <laughs> After Thursday, you get swept by the Dodgers. It was the perfect time to make changes 
Sandy to make changes. The Wolfpacks to make changes. One, obviously, fire Terry Collins. I've said over and over, 10 games under 500 is a low point. You can tell me all you want that the changing managers won't make a difference. But holding someone accountable is so important. So many people lose their jobs in the industry for ineptitude. And Terry Collins is one guy who hasn't, who is literally just on his last legs and still becoming a guy who is still managing a team that is under 500, who is underachieved, even with injuries. Now guys are healthy and you're still underachieving. Two, having a Struble Cabrera come out and say that he won't change positions or he's unhappy with changing positions and he's going to request a trade. First off, you're an idiot. Two, you just played second base over the weekend and looked better than you did all year as shortstop. So how about you move over to second and you call up your number one prospect to play short who should have been up three weeks ago after hitting 340 in AAA. Three or four. I lost count. You're a little mad. Um, <laughs> just, just a little angry. You, you aren't hitting. You aren't fielding. You can't stay healthy. Yet you want the Mets to pick up your option. His quote is, he said this. He said, if I have to change positions, I have to get something in return. You think they should give you something in return, renew your contract, just to change positions? You're playing Major League Baseball, making millions of dollars, and you can't move 12 feet to your right to play a position that is much easier than the position you were playing before that? You can't do that? You're going to be that petty and that much of a loser and do that? Your 240 average and leading the team in errors allows you to ask for something in return. We'll give you some Chick-fil-A in return. How about that? How about we give you a, a large order of fries in return? That's all you deserve for demanding to for a trade one and demanding for them to renew your contract while you're having a terrible season. You make yourself look so pathetic by those two statements. And... I see other guys change positions all the time. Russell Martin went from catcher to third base. Is he complaining about it? No. Jose Reyes has played short, second, and third. Is he complaining about it? No. Wilmer Flores has played third, short, second, and first. Is he complaining about it? No. But you have the audacity in a contract year to beg the Mets to renew your deal in order to change positions. There are younger and better players on the horizon. So how about you shut up and how about the Mets just trade him at this point? Because I like the Struble Cabrera after his year last year. He was clutch. He was playing great defense. But now he's become this prima donna. I mean, did LeVar Ball start playing shortstop for the New York Mets now or is it a Struble Cabrera? I don't know. Taking shots at LeVar Ball. What did he ever do <laughs> I to I hate you? that we had to mention LeVar Ball now. <laughs> I almost went the whole 45 minutes without it. I know. It. You just got it. Look, look at you. You're all fired I'm up. You're, fired all, up you're as red as your shirt right now. I'm as red as the St. John's jersey because the Mets should be so much better than they are. But because of piss poor management and a poor job done with the bullpen, a poor job with keeping your manager. And I keep bringing that back because someone has to be held accountable and it should be the man in charge who quit. The other day he said, I can't do this. He can't talk to the media. He has lost the team. And I don't care what they did against the inept San Francisco Giants over the weekend. I just don't care because you beat a team that has 50 losses and one of the worst teams in the league. So now you're going to go to Miami and take your talents to South Beach and probably get swept again like you did last week to the Dodgers. So how about you do this and hold people accountable? Do that for once in your life. Hold someone accountable. The GM is probably going to be gone after this year, should be in Sandy Alston. The ownership is a joke in the Will Pods, and the manager has made the playoffs basically once in his entire career and did nothing as a player, yet somehow is still holding a job in the greatest city in the world and the number one market in the world. The Mets are better than this, and there's so many things that need to be done that haven't been done, and when they will be done, it's too much. And then Sandy, on top of that, says, Tim Tebow was called up for improved metrics and exit velocity. Neither of those terms involve the word money, which is the only reason you made this move. You really want to say his stats have improved while he's hitting 222 in single A? Are you out of your freaking mind? You did this move because it sells tickets at Port St. Lucie, the home of Florida, the Florida Gators, where Tim Tebow was beloved, where you're going to 
directly make ticket sales, jersey sales, and all the media is coming to Port St. Lucie. You better hit the bowling alley because that's all they got in PSL. You better go to Lucky Strikes and get a couple of turkeys because that's what you're going to be doing when you watch Tim Tebow. Tell me about Exit Velocity one more time and there's going to be picket fences outside City Field. I love Tim Tebow and I really love him, but if you're going to say his, his statistics are what got him a promotion, you are full of dog poop there are no 222 averages that get you called up to the big leagues unless you're with Lamar Odom smoking crack that's not the case so admit that this was for financial reasons why he's getting the call up and at this rate if the Mets keep playing like trash he's going to be in Queens of September and you know I'll be a fool and go to the game and it'll be a sellout because why wouldn't you go to the major leagues to see Tim Tebow after the NFL? Sandy, this was for money. This was not for your exit velocity and improved statistics in a week. You might as well be with the sabermetrics nerds in the basement with your grandma. Because that's exactly what you're saying. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> this, this, It's just people, Man, people making statements tough. to the media that are so false that it just pisses you off. And I'm not one of those Tim Tebow haters. I love the dude. But just say, hey, tickets in Port St. Lucie are down. A lot of the old people are at their home and playing bingo at the nursing home and have not been coming to the ballpark. And we need some Tebow fans to come in. That place will sell out every night. The Mets did not make any money from the Columbia team because it is not associated with the big league organization. They indirectly, they do not make money off that. So any of those ticket sales... Do not matter. The Port St. Lucie Mets are directed with the Mets, and they directly make money. So that's direct. UPS. Express shipping. They get that cash, and they use it for the organization. And that's why the move was done. So, I mean, Sandy Alderson wants to pop some bottles with LeVar Ball and say false things to the media. Then go ahead. But don't lie to everyone and say it was because his 222 average they made him deserve a promotion. Sounds that's like bullshit. alternative facts. False news. <laughs> False news, alternative facts. Uh, where's the this is fake news button? Where's the, we have a soundboard with Trump saying this is fake news. This is fake news. That'd be great to, put, to do that right now. <sighs> All right, I need to breathe. You do. Look at you. I, I can you go are for an so hour on that. Fired up, he knows. Man. I hate the manager. But you're so passionate about because it. Because I go to 20, I go, I go to 40 Mets games a year, and this team is so much better than what they're playing. But because of the poor manager, because of not calling up your number one prospect while your shortstop's hitting 180, their number one prospect is hitting double what Jose Reyes is hitting. Yet he's still rotting in AAA Las Vegas. What is the point of keeping him there when your team is 11 games out of first place? Call him up. That'll sell tickets. That's ticket sales I will approve upon. Not Tim Tebow's exit velocity. What the hell does exit velocity even mean as a hitter? What is he throwing a freaking ball over to Demarius Thomas? This isn't the NFL. There ain't no exit velocity as a freaking left fielder. Come on now. Full of baloney. Anyways. I think you may have just uh, found your new job somewhere else with the Mets organization. Yeah, because you seem like you know what you're doing. They should hire, if they hired me as manager, be, what was that movie where that kid took over manager of the Twins? Was it like Little Big, Big League or something? Little Big League, I think, and he took over as manager and they won. That's what would happen if I took over this damn organization. Because I know they don't have all the money in the world, but there's little moves like new manager, new shortstop, Dominic Smith, there's little tiny moves that you had to make three weeks ago when you were six, seven games out that weren't made that make you a Baker's Dozen games out of first place. I just like using the term Baker's Dozen, by the way. It's very fun. Yes, I can see that. <laughs> All right, Ashley, now we're going to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but um, I'm glad you came to New York. It's, I'm glad, too. You, you need Next time you come, you got to do more like exploring. You really explore it all. You Every time I pizza. go to certain places, I did have New York pizza, and good New York pizza. I will go on the record and say that um, got to go with the Chicago deep dish still. Oh, you didn't have the right stuff. I mean, if you have the stuff that you see in my Snapchat, the, that New York pizza, Amores in Queens. I mean, you can't go now, but next time. Why can't I go now? I mean, it's in Queens. I mean, you could. Oh, is that far? I mean, it's like 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. The yeah. Uber's out here. I mean, you're yeah, just you spending all your uh, money All my money is Uber, Lyft, Juno. It, yes. 
And that Lyft driver this morning drove me nuts. He just like said I was a no-show when I was standing out there the whole time and he just left. And then he wasn't answering my phone calls. And then uh, he only answered after he pressed that I was a no-show just to say you were a no-show and hung up on me. And I'm like, what? You should have asked him to follow you on Snapchat so he could get some intriguing. Uh... Yeah, he. I'll be talking. No, on, on Facebook Live. <laughs> Facebook Live calling him out. I actually Does forgot Facebook his name. Live want to know about your snap debacle that happened. Well, what do you mean snap debacle? Oh, about my, oh about my uh, hilarious nip, story. My nips, if I could share it, you can share funny. my story right now. I All like right, it. so let's go. Ashley made her story. She she <laughs> tried to Neville up as best as she can, and she kind of Neville down. Well, it was it was not a bad thing. Well, for but... you, it might have been a Neville up. Or no, for, for most men in this world. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I won't answer to that. But <laughs> you made a snap story. I don't know. You're probably, I don't know. It was like, it was like a morning. You're like, oh, I feel like, blah, blah. I don't know. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you I were said, saying. Because I, <laughs> I guess I was distracted. But you're basically <laughs> in your bed. And like, out of nowhere, she has a Janet Jackson, like, probably six, seven second nip slip on her snap and has no idea that her nipple is out. It was literally like, it was like this. It was just like, <laughs> it was out, like out and about. And no one knew. And then I checked my snap stories. I like checking snap stories, see what people are up to, see what, see what's going on in the world. And now Snap has just gone off the rails, making you see everyone's location. You can literally show up to someone's house. It's the creepiest thing. That's weird. Um, I advise people to go in ghost mode because you never know who's going to just show up. But anyways, and now you can't lie. You can't say I'm out. And then it's like, wait a second. I'm going to see your Snap map and you're at home in your bed. Um, so I that's never not saw work. a Snap map. You have to update the phone if you don't update it. But does it automatically put you on there, or, do you, or does it just go to ghost, ghost mode I don't first? think it automatically does. Because that'd be creepy. It. Yeah, you it doesn't do automatically do it, I don't think. But okay. So she has a snap story, and her nipples just popping out. She has no idea, and she's ranting about something. And then I reply, like, I don't know, like, like nip slip, what's going on over there? And you re you watch it back, you're like, oh, my God. No, but, like, you... I wish I let you, it rock. Let a Millie rock. Let it, you should have just... No, no, no. You were right to tell me that this was going on. But the fact that you thought that I did it on purpose was just like out of this world because like you you were you texted me as if like I did it on purpose. I just have no idea how you look at yourself. <laughs> like when I look at myself in a video, maybe I don't have a shirt on. I, I mean, you see the nipples. I mean, but I, I'm not. I didn't like go to like I'm looking at my face, like how I'm talking. I'm not gonna try to be all cocky here, but I look at my face. I'm not like looking to see like oh is my nipple hanging out? Like am I staring at my I nipple? Mean, <laughs> no. With the shirt, or what are we wearing? A tank top. It was a tank top. But I just woke up in the morning. I was tired. Was Justin Timberlake there and just went like this? Was it? <laughs> Were you watching the Super Bowl halftime show and got motivated? What was, what was the reason? Like, um, I might have to blame it on the alcohol. Um, <laughs> blame it on the alcohol. Yes, I might have to blame it on that. But um, it was a rough morning. It, it just a little bit. I mean, I didn't have a lot to drink. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I'm lying a little bit. But I had a couple, a couple drinks the night before. Um, I was a little tired, but, but I mean, that's the kind of like, that tank top is actually done that before even but when i'm not on on camera but it's done it before where i'll be like talking to someone like you should person. wear that in public and see <laughs> see what results you get i would be that would be very intriguing yeah maybe i would have a better job now right you never know <laughs> i wish that worked for me where a nip slips would get me job because hey it if might. you're out there hire me like i'm ready to move i'm i'm hitting the road um you know how it is out here in these streets. I do it's know how it is. The hustle is tough. It I is. Mean, you got to just level up, man. You just got to have Dutch bros all the time. <laughs> Stay Dutch awake. bros. Oh, God. That's a whole other story. Yeah, but like I said. No, that would be a whole show for her. Like, <laughs> for oh, Dutch decaffeinated Dutch bros. Yes. Like, uh, anyways, it's good Good. Uh, good meeting you finally. It good was great. You I feel like I've time. known you forever, even know, though we've weird. never like hung out face to face. I know. Next time you have to stay longer, we'll actually do New York things. We'll, we'll hit the club. We'll hit One Oak. Hit the club. We'll see J.R. Smith. Oh, wow. That'd actually be a lot we'll of fun. We'll party with Rashad. Rashad. That'd, that'd be actually a good time. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't really get to do anything out here, any nightlife. Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight. Monday night? Wow. Why not? I mean, I don't have anywhere to be. I don't now. know about One Oak. That, that takes some, like, you need to know some people to get in there. Really? Um, Maybe if I was still working here, I could easily do it. But now I'm just like, the Gmail life is tough. You know, once you're emailing <laughs> from the, like, Gmail is so degrading now. Like, people just don't like when you send a Gmail. Like, when I had a CBS email, like, I could get, like, Ben Carson on the show. Like, we had Ben Carson. But now it's like getting, yeah. getting like, uh, let me think. Getting like, I'm trying to think of someone that's. You could always do, like, like, Jake Brown CBS at gmail.com. Well, I do the Jake Brown show, I guess, but that's kind of like corny. 
I mean, because I don't expect what, to be what, here forever. Like, I don't want to be. No, of course not. But like, what if? Uh, I mean, I don't think Gmail's that bad. Gmail is just taking your dignity away from you. It's just like when when you go from there to there, it's just it takes it's it's like it's showing your nipples basically. It's just letting <laughs> it's letting the nipples free is is what it does. <laughs> Which may not be a bad thing all the time. Yeah, that's true. All right, <laughs> Ashley Neville, follow her on Twitter. Shout out all your stuff for people to follow before we go. Of course, um, Twitter, Instagram at Ashley Neville. I don't know if they'll know how to spell my last name, but N-E-V as in victory, E-L. I'm always tweeting, mostly NBA stuff, but you might get a nip slip or two here and there. If you ain't following for the nip slip, I don't know what you're following for. But yeah, I was on first take the other day for calling out Stephen A. Smith, and I love how they addressed me as a fan. Oh, it's a fan take. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm a reporter, a sports reporter. And you use you use my take, but I mean that's cool. I got I got free airtime. Well, I think they look at anyone who's like if I send a video, they're gonna call me a fan too. I don't think they look at like your your bio. I think they just. I guess not. They it. just check the video because it was a good video. So it, was a, where it's like, it was a good video though. I called him out. You called him out. I had for a great the point. He really did Yeah, for for the Draymond thing. I mean, he was talking talking smack about LeBron trying to steal Draymond's shine, and I was just like, yo. If LeBron has those capabilities, like it says more about the Warriors and their organization than it does about LeBron James, mm-hmm. because he fake has news. them. It's fake news. Alternative facts. They they just need a Neville up already. I mean, these people are just so behind. <laughs> I had to throw a Neville up in there. <laughs> yes, I have to. Ashley Neville, Arizona Zone. Follow her. You might get some some nips, some Janet Jacksons. Um, and this is the Jake Brown Show. Make sure you check it out. Jerome the Junkyard Dog Williams appreciate him coming on this week we'll also have Wednesday Georgia NBA prospect at a University of Georgia J.J. Frazier no relation to Walt Clyde Frazier uh, will be in studio uh, so that should be a good one and we'll also we should have Bernie Nichols a former New York Rangers great uh, who scored 70 goals in a season with Wayne Gretzky uh, to talk about uh, what the Golden Knights and some NHL stuff and to talk about his business as well thanks everybody for listening make sure you rate us five stars on itunes follow subscribe the jake brown show rate us write a review write about nip slips write about whatever but make sure you keep it positive because we got to work our way up the charts here uh so write something nice i don't know right jake's bald head is so shiny um that i want to rub it for good luck whatever you want to write uh and also on spotify you can't write reviews on spotify but you can click follow and jake brown radio twitter jake brown show Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you later this week. Ashley Neville, Neville up. Get on my Neville. Jake Brown, checking out. Peace. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's played out at iTunes and Spotify with where you find it. Ashley Neville, Neville up in the building with me as well. Uh, her first stop to the greatest city in the world. And joining us is friend of the program who pulled off a double-double, not to mention five assists as well and zero personal fouls. The, the big three is here and the power win, 62-58. Uh, Jerome, the junkyard dog, Williams, back on the show. What's good, man? How you doing? Good win yesterday. Man, it was a great day yesterday for basketball when you can get a chance to see a seniors tour in basketball. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we saw a couple of seniors go overboard, and a couple were hurt. Uh, you came out alive. Everything is good. I hope. Are you a little uh, any any bruises banged up at all after yesterday? Nope, nope. The dog pound is fully intact. You know, but this is kind of basketball. We, you know, we were drafted into in '96, so you, you come to expect that, that there's going to be a little roughness. Take us through the game here. You had a double double. Uh, you went up against the likes of uh, Jermaine O'Neal and Bonzi Wells. Take us through your personal performance. Oh man, you know, first and foremost, you know, give it up to uh, you know Team Tri-State. They they came out with guns blazing. I think we were down eight or ten to two early on uh we couldn't get our shots to fall and they got it they, they went to uh jermaine o'neill in the post early i mean just just did what they were supposed to do ground and pound um they were able to get into that pain area and with three players you know it's hard to double down especially when you have shooters out there mike james and and bonzi wells made it difficult for us and but what we did was our game plan we stuck to it we knew 
that if we could we continue to get Jermaine O'Neal in pick and roll situations, um, isolations on the on the defensive end, if guys started hitting shots, it, it was going to be you know we we were going to have our chance. And uh, you know the game was very exciting. I think you know from the fans' perspective uh, because it was it it was it was a, a basically a safe kind of physical. It was physical play, very competitive. Um, Bonzi Wells looked great. Mike James was scoring at a at a high clip, and and then you have our team. You know, Corey McGetty came out. Our team captain came out strong, got us going, um, got to the foul line, and then we started to catch our rhythm. Uh, Coutinho hit a few big shots, and then Deshaun Stevenson came in there and just started lighting it up. And I mean, crowd got into the game. Um, they, they were cheering on both sides. They're cheering for Tri State. You know, Dr. J got the biggest ovation out of everybody, which is expected. Dude. That's my that's my idol and my mentor. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it, I think it was just a good day for basketball in general in terms of um, being able to to see former NBA stars um, go at it like that. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal, he's still an All Star in my eyes. That guy, he got the tools to still compete at a very high level. And you know, as a junkyard dog, I had to I had to hold my own in terms of what my skill sets, you know, are. And that's really just bringing the energy, you know, able to you know do multiple things, get assists, get rebounds, uh, get guys open, uh, you know, make make high percentage shots, that sort of thing. I mean, I came up missed my first couple too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that light starts. That was the first time under the lights in in 12 years. Uh, for me, so I, I, I didn't have too high of expectations for myself. My goal, my my goal was to get at least a double double. Did fatigue set in at all? Obviously, you talk about not playing for a while, and we saw, uh, I believe, Jason Williams had cramps or something. And a couple of guys uh, were banged up. Was was that an issue for you at all? Um, no, it wasn't an issue for me. Uh, the first thing that happened, just because of the lights and the fans, my my leg got heavy like during warm up. But that's from nervousness. You know, you know, I haven't played in front of people eating popcorn and, and, and drinking soda pop. You know, your your legs get heavy. And then I had to just start talking to him like, like, this is not the time for this. I might have to take off tonight and you better be ready. So, no, but I, I didn't get fatigued at all. Um, you know, it's half court. I'm like, I don't you're not running. I mean, I used to run for days. I was like, you're just going to cut off the court where I don't have to sprint down. Oh, man. I can just run around like that all day. Um, so it was fun for me. So elaborate more on the physicality of the game. I mean, we saw a lot of injuries early on. How do you think they're going? that's going to play a role, you know, throughout the next couple of weeks? And do you think they're going to make some changes to how the game is played? Um, as players, we're going to make changes. You know, it's a player's league. And, you know, we have to know that there's certain physicality that we can't go over the line. I think it was first night jitters, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I had them. Um, everybody reacts to that kind of thing differently. And we got to remember that most of those players have not played in a hand-checking um, hand checking rule league. I mean, so I can't expect them to understand how to uh, react to those, you know, that, that way of playing. And also – we're older, so the hand checking is is to a point. But you know, it, when you got the hand checking in the in, in the NBA, you were allowed to hand check. But at the end of the day, at if you fouled, you there was a consequence. You weren't going to play. So oh. since they take that rule out in the big three, we have to kind of come together as players and 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 sort of set our own standards of what we're going to do and what we're not going to do so we protect one another. So there were a lot of former, you know, big names in the NBA there. Paul Pierce, one of them, Jalen Rose, uh, James Harden even came to check it out, Lou Williams. I mean, the list goes on. How do you feel that this game is going to make an impact on the way players are seeing it? And do you see, you know, big names entering within the next couple of years? Hey, when they, if they watch the tape of our game, <laughs> a lot of big names are going to enter the league. Paul Pierce was smiling from ear to ear. The truth wants to get out there. He wants it. He was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. He knows it's a week off. 
they know that they don't have to go to practice. They know that, the, the, you know, the, it was a, almost a sellout crowd. I mean, what's not to like? You know, it's it's that right there for me um, and the dog pound. I mean, you know, when I first came in the arena, I heard probably about two or three dogs barking. By the time I left the arena, I had a good five to seven thousand. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good clip in in less than thirty to forty five minutes worth of work. So that's what players feed off of. And if I can, you know, if players can turn a crowd and 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 have that in every city, it's only going to be great for the league. It's only going to do positive things for their brands. And you know that that's what I think uh, guys want to do. And you and Catino with a little uh, top ten highlight reel. Catino, I think, behind the back, and you threw one down. That was a nice little uh, little play right there. I mean, he threw me off because I was like, <laughs> how, I mean, I was like, did, I was like, how the ball just come? And I was like, it's bouncing towards me. <laughs> I didn't. It didn't. Wasn't until I saw the replay that I realized he whipped it behind his back. I'm like, see, those are the kind of NBA skills I haven't, I haven't played with that in 12 years mm-hmm. nobody could have made that kind of pass unless you were born to play this game like Atino Mobley and a lot of these NBA former NBA stars that we have in the big three so it shocked me so I was like okay I'm just gonna do I'm gonna try to do what I used to could do and just see mm-hmm. <laughs> so I took off I was like I'm glad I can see the rim <laughs> it's coming into focus okay I think we're gonna land this plane <laughs> Hey, it's, it's good to see a little highlight coming in almost July now as the NBA season's over. Uh, Jerome the Junkyard Dog Williams joining us, Junkyard Dog JW on Twitter. My one critique, I'd say, and I want to hear your feedback on this, is the fact that the broadcast of the game is going to be over 24 hours after where we're in a social media age where almost everyone already knows what happened. Everyone knows that Iverson did not play great. Um, everyone pretty much knows all the stats out there because of all the articles that are being written. Do you think they should broadcast it a little bit sooner in, in, in an age where everything's online now? Well, I think that as a new league, they want to you know obviously test it, uh, tweak it, and do some things, but I believe that it's definitely going to be live. Mm-hmm. I mean, people want to see that uh, our game, a game like that, three-on-three, they want to see live. There's no question. There's no question about it that once uh, fans watch and tune in tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on FS1, they're going to see a level of basketball that they're going to crave during summertime. And that's only going to be, you know, captured, like you said, as if it's live. If they're going to have to wait in this in this day and age, you know, it's not going to have the same effect. Um, but I think the league knows that. And, I mean, that's every major sport. Every major sport in in the U.S. is live. Mm-hmm. And that's where the dollars and the economics are as well. So I, I'm sure we, we, we have very smart people um, behind the big three, and they definitely will figure that out. Yeah, and I think the issue maybe with live is that it went pretty long. I think it what, started at one one fifteen and went till like, almost 7 o'clock. That's a long-ass day. Yeah, you. I mean, and that's where uh, some of the rules will be, you know, probably be adjusted, mm-hmm. as well as, um, you know, from a player standpoint, you, you, we're going to make our adjustments as well. Jerome Junker, Dog Williams on the Jake Brown Show, talking big three. How about a little bit of a heated exchange between Stephen Jackson and Rashad McCants? It, it seems like uh, early on we're already getting the physicality and guys uh, going after each other. You know what? Um, we're 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 walking the time uh, the, the the fine line of entertaining mm-hmm. um, because the fans do want to see trash talk, and we're trying to accommodate that. I thought it was a great picture, a great caption, and both of them know each other, mm-hmm. so they're good. But we have to make sure that you know the fans don't get the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. because of the physicality of their game as opposed to our game um, because they were both doing what you know we said we were going to do. Do you think Steven Jackson made a couple cheap shots on him? Listen. <laughs> I got to ask. I got to ask, man. Cheap shots when it gets physical like that. Let me just let me just say in general. Um, 
over the course of the four games. Three out of four game three out of the four games were uh definitely um a little too physical. Mm-hmm. I need to say that right now. Um I've talked to a lot of the guys about it already. Um because like I said before, many of the guys didn't play in the league where there was hand checking. So they don't understand. Like we're still professional athletes who have learned how to play uh, in the NBA, uh, the, mo- the, 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 the most extreme basketball league in the world. And we know how to uh, take a physical, uh, physical game and make it, you know, very dangerous if we want to. So when you say cheap shot, I look at it as, you know, that's basically how we're all able, uh, how we are all capable of playing where it could be viewed as a cheap shot. But in our world, it's not, it's just basically we got physical. Um, So what we have to do as players is make sure that we control our own level of physicality so that the fans are still entertained because our our game, if you look at the power versus tri-state, we had a physical game. No one uh, discredits the, the level of defense and intensity in our game. But, like you said, um, when, at the start of the show, Jake, you said, hey, man, you didn't have any fouls. Well, that's because that's the way I play. I'm, not, I'm still playing with the mentality of the NBA of I'm, I'm trying to stay out there on the floor as long as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't want to foul. I mean, I'm trying to play great defense without fouling to the point where I'm going to miss minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it worked out well. Uh, junk, junkyard dog. And I, I got to, before we go, is uh, a couple weeks ago, you said it, man. We said Kobe. He said Kobe is better than LeBron. Oh, and he said, oh, this is an argument for a whole other day. Oh, but wow. we said LeBron would have to prove himself in the finals. And what did he do? He lost. So I guess the statement stands. He lost. He lost. That was tough. That was tough. I said it, but I did say if he was able to do it, I would have a newfound respect because what he was going up against was something that we all know. You know, they're, they're going to be tough in the future. But we can all disagree to the fact that he is a part of Super Teams, has been a part of Super Teams with Miami, uh, despite him saying uh, no to that. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, you had Ray Allen. You had Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and yourself. That's four, you you know, all stars that Hall of Famers potentially Hall of Famers that were proven. You know, <laughs> we can win championships mm-hmm. together. So yeah, Jerome the Junkyard Dog Williams. Good luck in Charlotte next week, man. And uh, I, I like you guys as the favor here. So keep it rolling. Appreciate you coming on the yeah, show. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate you having me on the show. Shout out to my dog pound. Look forward to seeing Charlotte. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.